When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. and welcome to Ohio Mysteries. This is our 10-minute mystery edition, a little slice of intrigue in the middle of your week. I'm your co-host, Stevie Oder, and with us as always is our storyteller and journalist, Paula Schleiss. Hi, everybody. This episode was suggested by a reader who said her dad was friends with tonight's subject and always wondered what happened to him. After reading a story or two, we share her curiosity. It's a story that also really suggests the special kind of hell it is to have a loved one go missing far from home, where you don't have the option of searching for them every day or finding local people who might hold clues to what happened. It just seems like a truly sad and lonely situation. This is the disappearance of Dr. Ellis Worthington List, Jr., a prominent physician in Trumbull County who vanished while attending a medical convention in Arizona in 1986. Ellis List was born in Youngstown in 1933 to Ellis Sr., a local doctor, and Martha Milliken, who died when he was in his 20s. He had one sibling, a sister Marianne, who was two years younger, and the two grew up in the hamlet of Bristolville a crossroads in Trumbull County's Bristol Township that has a village green, a post office, and pride in its contribution to the Civil War and its role in the Underground Railroad. Ellis graduated from Bristol High School in 1951, then enrolled in the College of Worcester in Wayne County. We know a little about his time there from an alumni publication. He majored in chemistry, served as president of the Chemistry Club and the Chemistry Honor Society, and even dabbled in basketball, as well as the choir. Then it was off to Ohio State University's College of Medicine, where he picked up a wife, Charlene Messick, in 1957, and his medical degree two years later. Ellis and Charlene spent the first decade of his profession in Arizona, After serving his internship at St. Joseph's Hospital in Phoenix, he became a general practitioner and surgeon in McNary, Arizona, a tiny town on the Fort Apache Indian Reservation. It was located in the White Mountains, 
the second highest elevation of any community in the state. He served at the former McNary Hospital there, was secretary and then president of the Arizona Medical Society chapter in Apache County, and in 1966 even became the county's superintendent of health. By 1970, Ellis had returned to his roots, and his family settled in Bristol Township, not far from where he had grown up. And he and Charlene finished raising their five kids, a daughter Susan and four sons, Ellis, David, Edward, and John. Just as in college and in his Arizona practice, Dr. List's professional resume ranged far beyond simply hanging out a shingle. He was chairman of the Trumbull County Board of Health, medical director for several area nursing homes, and his full-time day job was director of medical services for the General Motors Division of Packard Electric in Warren, overseeing medical programs for 10,000 employees. He even managed to squeeze in terms as a member of the local school board. He was, by all accounts, a busy but dependable man and hadn't been known to miss a day of work in 17 years. Our mystery takes place in October of 1986 when Ellis was 53 years old and four of his five children were still living at home. He traveled to Arizona for a three-day medical conference on arthritis, which was being held at a resort in the Tony city of Scottsdale near Phoenix. But he was extending his trip for some leisurely pursuits. After all, he used to live in Arizona. He wanted to do a little sightseeing and visit some old friends. After the convention ended, he left his Phoenix hotel. He didn't check out. Some of his belongings were still there. But he traveled west about an hour and a half to the city of Globe, where he checked into the Copper Hills Inn on October the 29th. The next morning, Ellis called his wife at the crack of dawn, 5 a.m. his time, 7 a.m. her time, and said, I'm up early, it's a beautiful day, and I'm going to take pictures of the sunrise. Then he told her he'd be off to Pine Top Lakeside to see a friend he had interned with. There was no indication of any kind of trouble. He commented that he'd be home in another two or three days. Pine Top Lakeside was another two-hour drive through Indian reservations and a mountainous terrain. Because of its cooler climate, a lot of desert dwellers have second homes there to get away from the heat. Ellis knew this route well. It shouldn't have been a problem. Except Ellis never made it to Pine Top. He checked out of the Copper Hills Inn at 6.35 a.m., an hour after talking to his wife, and was never seen again. After Ellis's family couldn't reach him for four days, they called Arizona authorities. They traced Ellis to that Globe Motel where he was last seen, and from there, the Gila County Sheriff's Department took to the air. A helicopter searched most of the roads in the county, covering some 2,000 square miles. Deputies patrolled the roads by car and on foot. When they were done, deputies were confident Ellis List was not in Gila County. We checked all the main roads and all the back roads we thought he might take, 
and have been unable to locate the car or anything else, they reported. If he'd had a serious mishap, his body or car would surely have been spotted along the route, or even by hunters, since the state's deer hunting season had just started. Meanwhile, Ellis's wife and two sons flew to Arizona to help in the search. When Charlene returned to Ohio, two sons stayed behind for another two weeks. Charlene told reporters they tried to track down every possible lead. They passed out flyers with his picture. They were on TV in Tucson and Phoenix, and they went up in the helicopter to look for him, but they couldn't find anything. Ellis List was 5 foot 11, 170 pounds with brown-gray hair and hazel eyes. He was clean-shaven and wore glasses. He was driving a Hertz rental car with Colorado license plates, a gold four-door 1986 Chevy Cavalier, which he had checked out on October 24th after arriving in Arizona. Ellis's youngest son, John, who lived back in Ohio, told reporters there was no way his dad would leave his family willingly. We think there are only two possibilities, he said. Either there was foul play, like he was kidnapped, or he was in an accident. The family also expressed frustration that in Ohio, rumors were spreading. John List said some of his father's colleagues had been saying his father seemed depressed. His wife, Charlene, also had to listen to theories that included Ellis changing his identity in order to run off with some lover. The family insisted both statements were untrue and tried to ignore them. They pointed out that while he was in Arizona, he called home with a reminder to renew his malpractice insurance, hardly the action of a man who didn't expect to be returning. For weeks, deputies monitored activity on Ellis' credit card accounts. There was none. The search was called off, though the sheriff promised to keep an eye out for any reports of the car showing up anywhere. The car was never recovered. Leads and theories dried up as fast as the Arizona desert. Ellis List had simply vanished. The ramifications, however, lingered. Two years after his disappearance, his family was held captive by bureaucracy. They wanted him declared dead so they could deal with his estate, and they applied to a Trumbull County probate court. After all, he had two homes and a car, and his wife wasn't permitted to sell them without such a declaration. He had three children already in or applying to colleges, but Metropolitan Life Insurance which had insured Ellis for an amount that was never made public, contested the legal maneuver, saying they wanted a body before they would pay out. Ellis's son, Edward, at the time a 22-year-old philosophy major at Hiram College, said, The toughest thing about it is we can't finalize anything. I don't think anything will be final for another five years. I couldn't find a story about the resolution of that battle, but I see on family genealogy sites that Ellis List was given an official death date of March the 21st, 1988, two years after he had disappeared. Ellis's dad, the senior, 
had died the summer after his son vanished. But the List family grew and even thrived. At least two of the doctor's children went on to medical school. One became a teaching pilot. And one branch veered off into acting. His son, John List, had three kids who all have film and television credits to their name. Twins Peyton and Spencer List, born in 1998, and their younger brother, Phoenix. Peyton made her acting debut with the film 27 Dresses in 2008, then landed the role of Holly Hills in the Diary of a Wimpy Kid film series. She also played Emma Ross on the Disney series Jessie and its spinoff Bunked. And she was Tori in the Karate Kid spinoff series Cobra Kai. She also had roles in the films Remember Me, The Sorcerer's Apprentice, and The Outcasts. Her brother, Spencer List, had roles in the feature films The Bachelors, Hard Sell, and Night Has Settled. He's also played in some popular TV shows, including episodes of Fringe, Law and Order, CSI Miami, and iCarly. And Phoenix, to date, has credits in the films Rabbit Hole, Vegas, and American Viral. That's it for our 10-minute mystery. We'll see you here next week for our full-sized episode. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of your week. May all of your mysteries have happy endings. Hey Hey there! there. I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Sleepover Cinema, Cinema. our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon.